Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis, here as always with Sarah Powers. What's up, Sarah? Hey, Megan. How are you? I'm I'm excited because we're going to talk about our hair. This is so great. Who doesn't like to talk about their hair? Um, (laughs) This is one of our More Than Mom episodes. If you are tuning in for the first time, we don't always talk about our hair or, you know, any of our personal styling. But on Sundays, we sometimes like to have a little fun and get outside the parenting topics and do something a little fluffy. And so today we are going to dig into not only our hair texture, our maintenance, what products we use. We're going to talk about our style how long we've had the style, where we're going with our style. Like we're just going to cover everything hair related. Can I tell you something? I really, really love hair. And I always have, like I was the little kid who would make my friends sit still so I could practice French braiding on them. Then Mm -hmm. I was a ballet dancer. So I got really into doing my own hair and like fancy ways. I did my friends updos in college for sorority formals and stuff. And I, when I look at fashion, I, or, or style, I just notice hair. I am a fan of pretty hair and I don't always have pretty hair, but I have a lot to say about hairstyle. And like, I know, I feel like I notice details and nuance in hairstyles in a way that I don't with maybe other elements of style. Interesting. Um, That is interesting. And I also love hair and notice hairstyles. I'm always like commenting on people's hair. Um, Ironically. I'm not very good at styling Clara's hair. Okay. I'm, yeah, I just, I don't, I'm not very, she doesn't like it for one thing, but I feel like I don't have a lot of creativity there and I'm not good at braiding. Like, so I appreciate hair, but like I have a hard time translating that to like mom of daughter stuff. Well, yeah. And, and Pinterest and YouTube have really upped the game. Like I don't, I actually haven't spent a ton of time doing my own two girls hair. Violet won't let me touch hers and she wears hers pretty short. Anyway, um, Allegra has amazing hair, but doesn't really care. So I'm not even up on the current, like, you know, the cool braids and like, I feel yes. like, like uh, this is more in my youth. Um, although I'm sure with a few YouTube videos, I could get right back into it. So I think we should get, we totally need to have a follow-up episode all about <laughs> taking care of our kids hair. Cause yes. I have some stories, but today it's all about us. Um, and so we are going to get into it right after this break. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? 
I was going to say, what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the Forever Chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. Okay, Sarah, let's talk about where this, like the day-to-day, we have hair, mm-hmm. turns out, um, and every day we have to do something with it. Yes. So talk about not only like your style currently, um, like, like, just tell us how you wear your hair right now. Okay. Um, well, first from a purely like the hair that I was born with, um, cause I think that figures in here. Um, I have naturally, uh, wavy, I think it's curlier than wavy, but it's not so curly that I can't straighten it. I, it's hard to, I mean, I have a lot of, I have a lot of natural wave and curl and a lot of natural body. My hair's relatively coarse. Like the individual strands are relatively coarse. It's also like not uniform throughout my head. And so we'll get into like whether I style it curly sometimes, but there's, there's big chunks that are kind of heavy and straight. And then other parts that are little ringlet curls, but not uniformly. So, um, I would say as an outsider, if I just saw you after you got out of the shower and let your hair air dry, I would assume you had super curly hair. Yeah. Because that's how it, that's how it presents. It is. And it, when it, like, if you brush it, then it's like extreme frizz. So really prone to frizz. I've just never completely called myself a curly hair. First of all, interesting, fun fact. I had no curl in my hair till after puberty. And even then it took, well, I think I was kind of late to puberty. So I didn't really identify as someone with any curl in my hair until mid to late high school, which is funny because you spend, you know, all those preteen years looking at the magazines. And then it took me another several years to figure out like how to, blow dry and like straighten anyway. Yes. So I have, um, I have coarse, medium curly hair. It's a uh, medium Brown, not a very attractive Brown. Um, I think it's kind of an ashy, I was kind of dirty blonde growing up and then it's just kind of a blah color. Um, I wear it long. It is always past my shoulders and then gets longer and I'm pretty good about trimming it regularly, but it is worn long, kind of long layers, although I don't have a lot of layers in it right now. And when I'm on my game, it is blow dried or flat ironed straight or sometimes kind of loose beachy waves with a curling iron, like if I did my hair that day. Um, And then in any given day, it's also up in a ponytail at some point because I I I need it up out of my face. So you and I have we have some similarities, I think. We do. We do. But of course, you have this history of short hair. So tell now it's your turn. You go. Okay. well, I was going to ask you, though, how long just to lead into that? How long have you had your hair like this? Have you worn it kind of long? most of your adult life? Have you ever had short hair? Yeah, I have gone as short as a long bob, like just below chin length. I always felt like I needed the, the option of a ponytail was always important to me. The shortest, the most recent time it was shorter than my shoulders was right after Reed was born. And it was super long. So that was, uh, he's nine. So this is like 
nine years ago. Um, and I, it had been really long and I donated it. It's the only time I've ever done that. So I cut off about 10 or 11 inches and it was right below my chin, a true bob. Um, and then my problem was I never maintained those cute little bobs. So like, then they would grow out to a long bob and I've had lots of versions of like kind of the angle cut, uh, long bob right at your shoulders, maybe a little longer in the front, some cute styles around that, but I've never had short, short hair. And I haven't had, I haven't had it above my shoulders probably since then in like seven or eight years, probably. Okay. So yes, our, our textures, um, have some similarities. I like you did not have any curl in my hair. I had a wave. Like I remember when I was a kid, my hair would wave under on one side, like kind of loosely curl under on one side and out on the, and then flip out on the <laughs> other side. So a lot of my pictures before I started wearing my hair in pigtails, I wore my hair in braids or ponytails every, mostly braids every single day. Um, from like second grade until I finally made my mom stop putting my hair in braids for seventh grade. Oh my gosh. So every day, I think it was just, I had really thick hair and it tangled really easily. Yeah. And so my mom was like, this is what we're doing. Um, and it was pretty cute. So after that, like I just kind of had your typical long high school hair, just kind of, you know, bleh was what it was. I curled it a lot and it's always been a very pretty color. So I remember having like this golden hair. And if I took the time before um, going to a football game to put hot rollers in mm -hmm. it. This was the nineties. I would have this like amazing mane of like bouncy body, curly, you know, golden hair. Now the funny thing is half the time I look like a wet rat who took a shower and then left for school without blow drying yeah. it. And you know how it can go one of two ways. It can either frizz and become like unruly and big, or it can kind of just lay there limply, like in these sort of, <laughs> I don't even know, like sad <laughs> chunks. chunks. That's so my hair kind of went back and forth between those two looks most of the time in high school because I did not like to get up early. Um, and then I'd go out, then I'd show up at the football game on Friday, like a totally different person. Like a Pantene commercial. That's exactly. Amazing. And the funny thing is it never occurred to me then not to wash my hair. And we're going to get into that in a minute here. But like the whole wash heat style, like that routine, like I just got up and washed it every day. That was just what I did. It didn't yeah. occur to me. So by the time I had Isaac, so 22, my hair was really, really long. I had been pretty regularly coloring it for a few years, not for really any particular reason, but just because I guess I started and then I liked it a little bit better when it was highlighted or had something going on. And then once you start that, it's really hard to stop. So I was getting it colored. Um, and then I think I had hard water for a while. And then I was like blow drying it every single day. And it just looked terrible. Like it was, oh my gosh. Like, first of all, product was not good then. Like there wasn't, there weren't smoothing creams yeah. and serums and things for dried out, parched, puffy hair. Um, and by this point it was getting, the texture was getting weirdly wavier every year. And where I would have like you, the ringlets underneath, mm -hmm. mine are all on the underside. Mm -hmm. And then the hair that would lay on top of that would look weird. Cause it would be like kind of straight with a little bit of wave. And then underneath you've got this like yeah. triangle of pyramid yes. of you the know triangle shaped haircut is a <laughs> yes. is a challenge for people like it us is. and then people were also doing all kinds of things in the late 90s early 2000s like cutting the jennifer aniston bobs mm -hmm. and all that stuff so i had experimented with all that and what i was left with was just awful so when i was isaac was a baby maybe he was like a year and a half uh so i was probably like 23 24 i cut my hair pretty short and then after that i had some incarnation of short-ish hair for the next like 10 years. And when I say shortish, I mean, I did so many of those like chunky bobs mm -hmm. and like the kind of mullety look that was cool, you know, and, and like also the um, bank manager hair. Have you heard about this? No. What is bank manager hair? Actually, it's, I've heard it referred to a couple different ways. It's, I'd like to speak to the manager hair or bank manager hair or Karen. And these are all like the same person. She's the person who says, I'd like to speak to the manager, please. And she's got like, I can't even describe this to you. I know you're like trying, you're I'm really trying, trying to, to like, it's like that hair everybody had in the <laughs> early 2000s. Did you find it? Yes. But my, the first person that comes to, well, it's the first picture that comes up is Kate Gosselin. Oh yeah. 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 So it's if you totally had said her, Gosselin because hair. I watched a lot of that show when I was like pregnant <laughs> and just had my first, oh my gosh, that is so funny. I would never, I was, I, my mind was going to a much frumpier uh, no, it's like thing. that. And the thing is, I'm sure it's actually bank manager hair is probably terrible. We probably have a bunch of people listening who are bank managers who are like, wait a second. But it's totally I'd like to speak to the manager. It's like that super short in the back. 
many different colors, very severe, severe spiking, and then the long in front. And I think the joke is that it's always the woman who really wants to speak to the manager. I'm already seeing a meme this. called Here. Reasons Karen Tips 10% and wants to speak <laughs> to the manager. <laughs> oh my gosh. So yes, I had some variation of that hair for quite some time. And then one day, I think, so I was living next door to a hairdresser um, and she did it out of her house, which was great because by this point I had five kids and Clara was a baby or a toddler. And so I never really thought about making a hair appointment until it was too late and I was yeah. desperate. And she would literally be out in her yard and I would stick my head out the door and go, Pat, I need a haircut. And she'd be like, come on over in 15 minutes. So I'm over there one day and I said, just cut it off. Just cut it all off. And I got a pixie. And I loved my pixie and I had super short hair that kind of went between super short, like an inch long pixie yeah. to like three inches long and then cut it again and then three inches long. And then I did that bouffanti, like the pink yes. hair for mm -hmm. a while. Oh my gosh, I had such cool hair. And that was in my like early mid thirties. That's when um, I knew you. Like when yeah. I started following and then later working with and for you was the pixie days. I think you'd already had a pixie for a little while, but I remember reading blog posts about this yes. and yes. And I loved that hair. And the funny thing is, I mean, the people would stop me on the street like daily. And lots of times it would be a woman with her boyfriend or husband who would stop me and say like, um, hey, honey, I could pull that off. Right. And then the guy would be like, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, very awkward. But it happened all the time. Huh. And and then I guess, you know, a lot of people get like the divorce haircut. And I went in the other direction when I got divorced or separated uh -huh. and started growing it out. And it wasn't really intentional. I just kind of didn't go get it cut for a while. And then one day I had this dream. Actually, it happened more than once. I kept having this dream that I could feel my hair blowing on the back of my neck. Mm -hmm. And like that feeling of having hair hanging down my back. And I missed it. And I just wanted hair back. So over the past three years, I've grown it out. And now I would say it's legit long mm -hmm. um, over my shoulders. Doesn't mm -hmm. quite hit my back bra strap, but it definitely hits my bra on the front, which was mm -hmm. like my was kind of my goal. Right. So yes. that's like the cup. Um, so that was, so I just had basically, I haven't cut layers into it or anything like that. Although now it's getting long enough. I think I need some layers because it does, if I don't curl it, it lays kind of flat now, especially if I blow dry it straight. Um, but about back in July, I cut bangs. Yeah. That was like the next big one. Yeah. And they're so, and cute. I love my bangs. I love yeah. my bangs. I they're have no so problem. Cute. Like I do, they're a little bit more maintenance. It's the kind of maintenance that had, I had bangs when I had like a house full of little kids, it would have felt really hard mm -hmm. because you, if you miss the window of opportunity to blow them dry, you have to start over. Um, but now that like, I don't have a baby in my arms, it's very easy. It takes yeah. me five extra minutes a day. I just, I usually wash them in the shower or the bath and I, I don't wash the rest of my hair as much. And then I just blow dry them straight up and straight down. Yeah. No, they look there great. We go. I love it. All right. So that's where we are now. Now that brings us to kind of daily like our daily regimen. So how often do you wash? How often do you heat style? And like, what do you do? Okay. Um, I wash usually every third day. I can go longer, especially I'm not a big dry shampoo person. I've never really gotten into it, but I don't have terribly oily hair. So I am able to go longer. Um, but I usually just want, I want the feeling of a clean scalp after like yeah. three days. It's not that my hair looks bad or is super greasy. I just want to scrub my scalp after about three days. So usually every third day I wash, um, I do heat style usually with every wash, but I don't do it right out of the shower. So there's often a, even a half day lag between I get out of the shower with wet hair um, I brush it out. I just like that feeling. I really like scalp massage. So I really mm -hmm. like the feeling of having my hair thoroughly brushed out. I know traditionally with curly hair, a lot of people don't ever brush it. Even out of the shower, they just scrunch it. But I like brushing mine all the way through. And then I will often let it air dry or especially if I'm just working at home that day, I'll let it air dry or I'll put it like in a low braid or low ponytail and kind of let it air dry. I really am bad at blow drying my hair. So I do whatever I can to avoid the blow dry and I don't live in a cold climate. So I'm not going out in freezing weather. I'm usually at home. Um, and so then what it means is I have really ugly hair for that half of a day because it's just in this mid state of like curly, frizzy air drying. It looks really horrible. But once it is air dried, then I flat iron it and I feel like it goes so much faster um, I feel like if I, if I have to blow dry and then flat iron or curl, that would take me like an hour. And I just yeah. don't usually do all of that. So 
about every third day I'm washing it. And then at some point after the wash, but it could even be hours later or maybe even like the next morning, then I would run the flat iron over it. And then that, that flat iron will last me for a couple of days of looking decent. So. Okay. Um, so I am similar ish again. So I wash probably every third to fourth, occasionally fifth day. If I just feel like playing with fire, that's when I just <laughs> I'm like, I'm having one of those weekends where I'm not going to leave the house. Yeah. And so I find that if I just like if I, I do use dry shampoo, um, we'll talk about products in a second, but I get that all up in my roots and then I, I actually run the air, the hairdryer over it again to kind of give it some body. And because usually for me, what, what starts to go wrong isn't that it looks oily. It's that it starts to hang very flat uh-huh. um, and I need like and I don't and I'm not somebody who needs body throughout my hair. The hair has plenty of body. But it's heavy. So if the roots, yeah, yeah, if if nothing is happening at the roots, if those have gone limp, then the whole thing starts to kind of droop. So um, but I can easily get three days and usually about the second day looks the best and the third day looks pretty good. And then by like the next morning, I'm like, okay, I need to wash (laughs) it again. Um, Heat styling, I either blow it dry or I use my Revlon all in one. Um, I can't remember the name of the product, but we'll, we'll link yeah, to it. Everything it's we amazing. talk to, we will link to. So, um, if yeah. we sound like we don't know what the product's called, just go to the show notes. We will. I know it's Revlon and it looks like a big round brush that is actually a hairdryer. It mm-hmm. works super fast. And so what I like about that is that usually if I do it all the way to the end, like if I give it the 20 minutes it needs, and then I usually finish it off with the regular hairdryer just to get again, the body back in it, um, and make sure that my bangs are good. I can, I usually don't need to flat iron it at all. It yeah, just that's lays great. really nice and smooth. I have like a little gentle wave, which I actually really like in my hair. And I'm happy with that for me, like flat ironing, flat ironing. I'm really bad at it. Um, so for me, I'll do it if I have to, if I have bumps or I really want to like have that really straight style. But like, I find that I actually leave little bumps in my hair with it. I just haven't. Yeah, I haven't quite mastered it. Yeah, I, I'm pretty uh, thorough. I'm pretty detail oriented with the flat iron. So I can see how if you were being more haphazard, you would feel like you didn't get it all. I think where it really helps me is that curliness on the underside. Yeah, because if I'm really so even I'm, I'm probably more detailed about the under part that you don't see because it then yeah. it reduces that triangle effect, like the puffiness that I don't like. So I'm going to bring my Revlon thing with me. We're going to see each other this weekend. Yeah. And I'm going to bring it and let you try it on the under hair, because to me, that was the most revolutionary part. Okay. Was what it was able to do to my the under layer and quickly. Okay. And then it almost doesn't matter as much what yeah. happens on the top. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just clip the, I clip the top hair out of the way. And just give that like a good seven to 10 minutes on the under. And then sometimes I walk away and then just let the, the top part dry by itself. If yeah. I don't have time. Um, well, uh, you said that. And I wanted to mention something I'm going to link up in the show notes. When you throw the the top half up in a clock clip, I have the world's best clock clip. I actually mentioned it in our favorite things episode, um, but I will link it up again because that's it just makes doing your hair so much more pleasant if you have the right tools. Yes. And I get so irritated if I don't have my little clip and um so i will link that up it's j crew but it it lasts forever they don't break they don't pull or snap your hair and they're great so i could use one of those i'll yes. have to get one okay so let me ask you this do you we talked about straightening and blow drying do you curl your hair very often usually for a going out but i yeah. the type of curling i do and you've seen me do this at conferences because yeah. my conference hair is the same as like going out to dinner hair. Um, it's a very loose, long wave. So it doesn't look like I'm not going for a curly haired look. I'm going for like a kind of a sculpted wave look. Yes. Um, and I, my hair takes curl really well and keeps it in really well. And, um, often if I've done a quick and dirty job on the blow dryer, or the flat iron, then the curl also just gives a more like uniformity. It looks like it, like a style and rather than yeah. a, out of the shower. So yes, but that's, that's only really for going out or pictures or a conference. So I would say it may be twice a month or once a month. If I don't have anything fun going on, I could go weeks without curling my hair. I probably curl mine once a couple times a week. Often it's because I really want to get another day out of it and it's starting to look a little flat. So I'll throw some curls in, but literally sometimes it's five curls on my whole head. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like it's just enough to kind of give it just more body. Um, and I'll, every now and then I will go through and curl all of it. And that's really fun. I don't do it super often. And I've tried to get better at flat iron curls because I really like the way they look. Mm-hmm. I just, again, I struggle to make them all look the same. Like I'll have one that I'm like, oh, this is so yeah. good. And then the rest just fall flat and I can't figure out them out. I so, know people swear by it. And I it. think short hair people, especially like it's really fast to just use yes. your flat iron. I just, I really enjoy 
using a curling iron. It's like meditative. I will listen to a podcast and straighten or curl my hair. I think that's another reason that I don't like to blow dry is because it's loud. And I have like, I really do think I'm like sensory sensitive in some ways. And so the loudness, whereas I could be listening to music or a podcast and silently straightening or curling my hair. And it's very Mm -hmm. Zen for me. So, um, okay. So then what, what products do you use? So I uh, usually try to put something on when it's wet to some kind of frizz tamer or like heat protectant product. So I think we mentioned recently the fall fab fit fun had an Aveda um, damage repair styling cream thing. Um, It's nice. I love the the texture is fantastic. It's nice and light. One of our uh, sponsors, Briogeo had a, a frizz free um, heat protector that I have used. I'm not super brand loyal, but I just try to put on something that is meant to protect before the heat styling. Um, there's a drugstore brand that's an oil that I really like. I only use it. I've realized I can't really use it in the summer. It tends to make my hair look like it it weighs it down. mm -hmm. Um, but when it starts to get kind of parched and dry in the winter, it's great. So I'll probably start using that again soon. And I also like the Briogeo. Yeah. And then um, if I do plan to wear it curly, which is on occasion, especially if I can work with the weather in my favor, um, I will link it up. It's another one that came in a FabFitFun and it is an amazing, it's actually a hair mask. I I think you remember this too, Mm -hmm. Um, but it worked really well as a curl product for me. And I've had some other curl products over the years. And sometimes I will wear my hair curly for one day and let the natural curls go. And then the next day, brush it out and heat style it. Um, And then if I've really done like my full routine and I've really straightened and it looks really good. I really like like a smoothing serum. So I know Dove has a couple, um, that you just put like, it's kind of feels like a little oil and you put it in your palm and just kind of run it over Mm -hmm. the ends for those flyaways. And and it makes it like really shiny and shimmery. Um, there's also a product we got in a FabFitFun box that was a, like, it's in a pink bottle and it's, well, there's two, there were two like leave-in conditioners slash heat protectant sprays. They both smell fantastic. One's in a little white bottle and one's in a pink bottle. Do you, you remember yes, like I Oahu, think, I think is one. So the white one I got, you and I sometimes get different products. So I don't think I have the pink bottle one, but the white one smells so good. It's like perfume for your hair, right? Yes. That the, yeah. a, that's a I leave-in thought, conditioner. Yeah. Okay. I thought you got the pink one too, because I remember us talking about it, but oh, I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I, I, I don't know. Like I'll look and see if I can find that one because they both smell delicious in different ways. So I like walking around with my hair. Yeah, smelling so good. I didn't ask you about um, styling wands. Do you ever use a wand to curl, like a curling wand? I have only used them when I've been with friends or somewhere you else. I've them? never had one. I just have a one and a half inch barrel, um, like drugstore grade curling iron. My flat iron, I will link to. It is a little bit higher end and it works great. Uh, I think I mentioned it on an earlier episode and I'll link that up. But my curling iron is super cheap and generic. So I have a friend whose wand I used, Liz, and then I almost set her house on fire. Um, <laughs> she has like one of those built-in things in her, like a, a cabinet in her bathroom with all the plugs that are like, you know, the cords are all, they go back. And I didn't, for somehow I thought I unplugged it, but I think I unplugged something else because there was like lots of plugs, oh, okay. but they weren't, it wasn't evident to me what the plug was attached to. And then the next, so we're sitting there watching TV in her room. Cause we did our hair over to go out and then we decided to stay in and watch right. um, queer eye. But anyway, <laughs> we're sitting there and we, it tripped the breaker. Oh my gosh. And we're like, Oh my gosh, what's going on. And then the next day she said, Oh, you know what happened? It melted through the cord and burned a hole in my wall. And yeah. So oh my um, gosh, oops, those are very oops. hot, but I do love the look of, I just love how different that curl is. It's like a thick mm-hmm. kind of, cause the way you wrap it around yeah. is different and neat. So you can, you can mimic that look with the regular curling iron. You just don't use the clamp. Okay. Okay. So if you yeah. just wrap your hair around the barrel, it's not exact and it's not ideal, but you can kind of mimic that look. And every now and then I'll do that just, just for funsies. Yeah, no, that's fun. Um, okay. So what do you do on the days you don't heat style? You alluded to ponies and buns. Yes. So I think if I, what I would try to do is put a curl, if I knew ahead of time, I would put a curl product in and not brush my hair. So I would purposely not brush and I would scrunch the curls with some kind of a curl product. Um, I would use my fingers to kind of like aerate the, like get some, yep. some air going. And I even have used a diffuser uh, on the blow dryer, but that doesn't count because we're talking about not heat styling. And I never did that very successfully anyway. So I'd let it dry wavy curly. Um, I get a lot of compliments when I wear my hair that way. And I still, I just don't love it myself. And then I would use that natural texture and curl 
to do like a messy bun updo. So even though I'd let yeah. it dry down and curly, it's with the intent of having kind of like a purposely messy curly bun going on. So yeah. And that's and like a high bun top knot is it is a frequent sight on my head. Yeah, I do a lot of t- high ponies and high buns. I finally figured out how to do a high messy bun. Well, I think I just didn't have enough hair. Before. Yeah, you it really takes have a to lot have, of length. Yes, a lot of length. And I think I'm finally there. Um, but I also sometimes do the scrunchie. Like if I know it's going to dry literally right from wet all the way to dry, which is different than almost dry with a hair dryer, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, I will put in some product and let it and then keep hands off, which is hard for me. Yes. really hard for me to keep my hands out of it. I like the way it looks. I hate not being able to run my hands through my hair. Yeah. I hate the crunchy feeling. I just really like texturally. It bothers me mm-hmm. a lot when my hair is done like that, even though I know it looks good. Yeah. Cause I've seen pictures and I'm like, Oh, that's so cute. And I get compliments and like, I, I just, it's really hard for me to keep my hands out of my hair. So, um, I haven't been super successful yeah. with that ponytail all the way. Yes. Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. The Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time. And the Willa Slip-On Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip-On Flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya Vitamins have loved them which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves. So they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's chewable kids' vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash mom hour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay. One of the things I think I did not realize as a young person, which is why I wound up with terribly parched and awful hair by the time (laughs) I was in my early 20s, is that really a big part of this is the maintenance, the ongoing stuff. Um neither overdoing it nor underdoing it. Mm-hmm. And I know that gets tougher as we get older because my hair texture continues to change. And, you know, the color thing is different than it used to be. Mm-hmm. So tell me about yours. Like, first of all, let's talk about color. Like, yeah. I know you've talked about your your root yes. spray and all that. And I know that going gray can throw a wrench into your yeah. hair color regimen. So what does that look like for you? And just talk about your, actually your stylist, just in general, like, how often do you go to the stylist? What do you do when you, what yeah. do, you do yeah. there? So yeah. this has changed so much. And I, I often will joke as probably just a joke to make me feel better that all the money I did not spend ever going to a salon until I was like 34 years old is now being, it's rapidly, I am rapidly catching up because of the gray issue. But, um, in my young adult years, I, because I mostly wore my hair long, I'd get one or two haircuts a year. I occasionally would buy a drugstore bottle of hair dye for fun, like an Auburn, but really, I mean, very rarely. So, and I also didn't use a lot of product on my hair. Um, I was either 
air drying it or blow drying it, but I didn't heat style very often. I didn't use a lot. So whenever I'd go to the salon, they'd be like, your hair is really pretty healthy. It's not, it doesn't have a lot of damage from heat or product. Well, I'm catching up because I'm a grown up now. And I, my first gray hairs started when I was about 26, um, but it would, they were few and far between. And I started coloring my hair because I felt like I needed to color the grays. I think around the time I was 32 or 33. And, but even then I could go about eight weeks until I felt like it was noticeable to me. Mine are all around my forehead hairline. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I am at the last couple of years, I've been every five weeks, but I really should. I mean, the last, the last week and a half, I mean, my hair grows fast. I guess I should be thankful for that. The grays grow out fast, but for the last like week, week and a half, I have half inch. They can't be that long. I don't know how they grow that fast, but very, very noticeable, very gray, white roots around my forehead. So when I wear my hair down, it's not as noticeable because the part on the top of my head isn't too bad. But if I were to pull it up in a pony, um, that whole, the whole hairline of my forehead is completely gray. And so I go every five weeks. I love my stylist. Her name's Vanessa. And I just, she just dyes my roots and I'm in the chair for the, I mean, the dye has to sit there on my hair for 30 or 40 minutes, but that's the longest time. And I bring my computer and I work and then she'll wash my hair and like, give me a really nice blow dry. So that style always looks good. And I, it's, we make my next appointment for five weeks. So I go every five weeks. I I only get like a cut and maybe some highlights or lowlights every, like say every four times. So it's like every 20 weeks, maybe like, so three mm. times a year I might do something more. Um, but usually it's just roots. Um, and she is affordable for out here, but it is $70 every time I go. Yeah. And so that's affordable though. I mean, that's, you I, know. I think so for just roots, actually, like yeah. when I first started doing this, I had someone who was doing it for 55, which was like a steal around here in orange County. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, part of that is the, the luxury of having a really nice blowout a really great, yeah. good smelling hair, like, um, shampoo and like the scalp massage that I love. And I, I love Vanessa. I enjoy chatting with her. So it, it is maintenance and it's definitely a luxury, but it has felt doable so far. Um, but I laugh all the time. Like my mom went gray really young. So did my dad, my husband's really great. We're just like gray haired people. And when you have darker yeah. hair, it's just super noticeable. So I don't even know if I answered your question, but I talked a lot about gray hair. Well, you did. Cause I asked you yeah. what you do when you go to the stylist. Okay. So, um, I'll answer it. So the same question. So just, just for point of reference, um, $70 around here would probably get you a full head of hair. Like it would get you a full dye and maybe a couple highlights, but it would not get you like it wouldn't get you what I would consider like a once a year go in, have everything done color. Yeah. Well, and again, you know that's I mean? just the roots. So my just, just, roots, roots. just roots is $70. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. Here that'd probably be yeah. 30 bucks. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yep. A little bit different, but that's, that's Mayberry for you. Yeah. Um, so I also, I have dyed my hair for a very long time. The funny thing is when I was young, I just dyed it for fun. Like I would put in like a bright red or uh-huh. just, just to play around. And I would say over the past 10 years, Dying for me has more been about just maintaining the color. Um, I feel like my roots have become drab, but the ends of my hair tend to no matter what color I dye it. So I will some, and I do almost all my own color. Sometimes I'll go like, I'll go get a a highlight done maybe twice a year. Mm -hmm. Um, and usually just a really few, like a partial, because I don't like the look of having a super highlighted head all of a sudden. Um, so I usually just, you know, buy a box of dye at the, at the drugstore and I know which ones I can use and I know which colors I can use. And I kind of go back and forth between a cooler when I can feel it, when I can see it getting really, um, brassy mm-hmm. and not even ruddy, it gets really orangey. Mm-hmm. And so I, then I know I have to go cooler and I, and it tones it down, but in the end, it all kind of always ends up the same color. It's funny. Like the, the four or five days after I color my hair, it will look like whatever box of color I bought, Mm -hmm. but eventually regardless of which box I bought, it kind of morphs into this like vaguely strawberry blonde, vaguely goldy hair Mm -hmm. with slightly darker roots. Um, And I've thought about just letting it go, but the roots come in so drab and it takes till like the sun really hits them for a while. And that's when it gets pretty. I was going to say your hair just must really thrive on that the sun kissed look like in a way that like all the bottles have been trying to emulate. Like that's really what happens to your hair is like, it just responds to sunlight and and that's what turns it its color, which is why your roots are 
not the same color as the ends, even if it's not, it's not a dying issue. It's literally like, no, it's not. And I think no matter what, like if, even if I was like starting from scratch, because I did have very, very short hair and I thought, well, maybe if I just don't dye it, you know, eventually it'll all even out. Well, it evened out, but it was ugly. Like I didn't like the color. And so I guess I could, if I was more aggressive with highlights, that helps a lot, but I don't want to be in the salon getting my my hair highlighted every six weeks. And I've got grays now. And my grays are fine. Like, I think if you weren't me, you probably wouldn't even notice. They're in my temples, mm-hmm. more mostly right in my temples, like that, like really sensitive little area of hair. Like, your, and like then sideburns, like your sideburn where, hair, yeah, your yep. lady sideburns, my lady sideburns. And then a little bit like up into the temples. Um, Very easy to cover color wise. The texture's weird. And I know we've talked yeah. about that. It gets thicker and oddly curly there. But like. I noticed it enough. I wouldn't want to let it go for too long. So regardless, I'm going to be dyeing my hair for the foreseeable future. And I actually just did a rose gold, which I've been doing on and off for years. Um, Was a little bit afraid to do with long hair. I did it when my hair was short and I loved it. And then I, um, so it's rose gold blonde. It's a over the counter Mm -hmm. um, stuff you can buy at the drugstore. And it's like the same number. So usually I'm in the eight range, which is neither dark nor light. It's like the medium blonde. Um, I sometimes go natural. I sometimes go ashy, but they have this other additional option now that's kind of gotten popular. It's rose gold. And I've seen people do rose gold. Um, our friend, Jessica, who's, um, single mom, nature, single mom, nature, <laughs> single mom nation podcast. She has like a real rose. Like she goes to the salon and gets it done. And it's like, pink. you can tell yeah. it's pink. Yeah. It's like got a real rose. Awesome. This is much more, um, much more subtle. And every time I go to dye my hair, this color, I think I kind of almost freak out and chicken out. And then I'm always so happy I did because the pinkiness of it is more blue than orange. So it doesn't get that brassiness. It's really like, it looks like what I imagine your natural hair color to look like, even if your hair is not naturally that color. I mean, it's really perfect for you. It's like a perfect strawberry. It really is. And I, I really like it. So, but again, that'll fade or turn brassy and eventually I'll have to do something else about it. So. Yeah. So I DIY a lot of the stuff. Oh, and my bangs. So, you know, I had all the best intentions to go to my stylist for her free bang trim um, every three weeks, but I have to call and schedule it. And it's like, (laughs) they don't put it in the books because she just fits you in whenever, like between appointments. So it always feels like it just doesn't work out. Yeah. So I have trimmed my own bangs a few times that you're not really supposed to do. Um, but sometimes I just push them over to the side until I can get in and it's, it's fine. Yeah. 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 Do you so, have good hair cutting scissors? No, but I should get some. Yeah. I feel like if you, if you got some, I mean, and I didn't you just know the rule dry, that you can't do it your own, but. Well, she actually said like, I do it for free. So people won't do their own because they mess them up. <laughs> but what I do, I actually, instead of looking in the mirror, when I wait till they get long enough and then I pull them down in front of my eyes, so I'm like literally yeah. looking at my own bangs and with them dry, I just go a little bit and see how I like them. And then I just go up a little higher and worst case scenario, if they come out a little crooked, I just push them over and I'll wait till I see her again. It's not, I'm, I'm pretty unfussy about my hair. Um, it'll grow back, you know, bangs will grow back in a week. I'm not really that worried about it. So yeah. So that's where I am with my maintenance right now. What about daily hair care? Are you particular about shampoos, conditioners? Do you use like masks or rinses? I mean, if, a potential sponsor or a sponsor sends them to me, I will try them and I'm very happy, (laughs) but no, I'm not, I'm not super brand loyal or particular about shampoos and conditioners. Like we, as a family, we kind of buy like big bottles at Costco of, Mm -hmm. and and, you know, usually something like a Dove or a Pantene or a, yeah, one of those like higher end drugstore brands. And usually like even the kids. So we have a big shower in the master bathroom and Violet does her showers there. The other two kids have the other upstairs bathroom. And like, I feel like we even almost trade, like someone will grab the shampoo and conditioner from that one and move it over. And, um, I just don't have a, like much, much of a preference as long as there's shampoo and conditioner. Um, I do have a tendency to have dry scalp or even like a psoriasis, like itchy. Um, and I always have my whole life and sometimes it's not, not, sometimes it's not there at all. And other times it's kind of annoying. So I have over the years sometimes used something to address that. Um, but I, even those I feel like don't work very well. So I Mm. have a shampoo full of, or a shower full of shampoos and I sort of indiscriminately reach for them. I definitely need a conditioner. I mean, I don't, 
I mean, that feels like an essential part. Um, and then I have tried, you know, some, some masks and things like that, some other fun things, but really only for occasional fun. What about you? Yeah. Um, so it's interesting because when you said you're not, you're not like brand specific about styling products, I'm, I'm not brand specific about styling products necessarily, but I have a lot harder time finding styling products that I'm happy with than shampoos and conditioners. So like when I found like the Briogeo dry shampoo, which is totally Mm -hmm. different from any other dry shampoos I've used. I love it. I will absolutely replace it when it's out like that. I'm going to get that product, Mm -hmm. but something like a shampoo that smells really good, but like I have to order it online instead of going to the store and picking it up. I probably wouldn't. I like, I like things that smell good. I like things that leave my hair really soft, like clean, but not overly clean and soft. But I find that I can accomplish that a lot of different ways. Um, I, for a little while, was pretty particular about the the Aveda shampoo for blondes. Um, okay. It's like a blue or purple shampoo. First of all, Aveda products smell so delicious. But mm-hmm. um, also, it really did help when my hair was going through a particularly brassy phase. So sometimes those blue shampoos and like the mm-hmm. ones that counteract whatever's yes. going on, mm-hmm. on with your hair. I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, that, so when my color is at stake, I sometimes find that certain shampoo brands work a lot better. Otherwise, though, no. Yeah. And I will use a mask in a, in a heartbeat. I love that stuff. Like, I love pampering myself and trying products like that. But, like, it's not like I'm, I would only use one kind of mask or yeah. I'm not brand specific about yeah. it. But I do like them. I know another thing that people really like are the apple cider rinses. So um, we ch- we got one of those a long time ago in a yeah. FabFitFun box, like one of the earliest. And I tried it a couple of times and I just felt like I didn't know if I was doing it right or what I was doing. And I kind of gave up, but I had it in my shower for supposed, a long time. It's supposed to be for between shampoos, right? Like it's supposed to kind of extend. I think it's supposed to like extend the uh, effectiveness of your washing. Okay. So I don't know that it's supposed to do anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Besides keep your hair kind of clean. I don't know. But like, I know people use stuff like that. Um, Have you ever considered going no poo, no shampoo? I considered it. I did. I considered it. Uh, I don't think I can do that. First of all, I really enjoy shampooing my hair. Uh I I think that I have before used conditioner instead of shampoo, like every other time. And honestly, the first day, I can't tell the difference. But by the second or third day, if I didn't shampoo, I feel like I have to start again. Like, I feel like the benefits of not shampooing when I wash, which is only twice a week, are outweighed by the fact that then I feel like I need to get my hair wet again yeah. because yes. because it's gotten gross and I have to start over and then I have to heat style again. So I would rather just shampoo yes, it. I, 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 I feel the feel, same way. Yeah. I did like go down rabbit holes of reading how people are doing it. I think Tish, Tish Oxenreiter wrote about yeah. it. Um, and I was like, what is this? craziness and like it does kind of make sense I do I do buy into the fact that a lot of these products like it's like you know how you feel like you need chapstick because your lips are dry like that kind of dependency that's created like a almost like a biological dependency like your hair needs it um so it does seem like eventually the natural oils would balance themselves and I kind of get it I just don't really want to do it that's kind of me like what I think my solution was when I decided to grow my hair back out I committed pretty hard to greatly reducing how often I washed my hair. So like when I had short hair, I washed it every day because I had to start over every day. Like if you seem like, right. You know, short hair with a cowlick and you know, bedhead it's bad. So I would start over every single day. And right. when I, when my hair got to be a couple inches long, I thought, okay, I'm not going to train myself to have long hair that has to be washed every day. I'm going to very intentionally not do that. And it, it did take a little while to adjust. Like my, I could tell my hair was greasier at first and then it kind of chilled out and I figured out what products to use and how to style it. Um, but for me to go in the other direction and never shampoo, like I wouldn't get enough benefit from it because my hair isn't, it's not that curly texture where I, because I think those really curly textures where you wear it curly benefits a lot from no Mm -hmm. shampoo. Um, I don't spend a lot of money on shampoo. I feel fine about the environmental impact. My two shampoos a week are having compared to what would be happening if I was like, conditioning it more often right. or rinsing it more often and, and heat and heat drying it more often. And I have to say, I've been reading a lot of historical novels lately. <laughs> and every now and then I'll just think to myself, like, I wonder like if their hair smells weird or if their scalps feel icky. Like yeah. it's totally a 21st century bias. Yes. But like 
I still have it for myself and yeah. I'm sure I would never notice on someone else if they weren't shampooing their hair, but I think I would notice about myself. Oh, I, so. I mean, that's what I was saying. Like what I feel the need. Um, and I do think it's because I, my skin tends dry and my scalp tends dry. So I often feel like I just need to scrub my scalp and really clean it. Yeah. Um, and that would be hard for me to go without that. I mean, I guess you could still definitely scalp massage without shampoo, but there's something about the washing that feels. So yes, if I was in a historical novel, I'd be <laughs> going crazy. <laughs> and I think there's also like, it makes my face feel cleaner. Yes. Like it's not just, it makes everything around my hair also feel cleaner. So yeah, I'm pro shampoo with a caveat that I truly don't care what anybody else does. And I, I get why a lot of people have gone in that direction. Yeah. No, I get it too. Well, this has been fun. We had a lot to say about our hair. Always, always. The the fluffier and the more seemingly superficial the topic, the longer we can talk about it. I that think it's so a, it's like scientifically proven. So <laughs> if we t- decide to talk about like nails or nail care, like fingernails, I guarantee yep. it'll be like a two hour episode. <laughs> <laughs> On. Sounds good to me. Um, well, I wanted to mention, so throughout the month of November, we've been doing these little mini interviews at the very end of the show. I hope you guys have been enjoying them. Um, but what we're doing is sort of shining the light or pausing to say thank you to the different people and businesses who help make our podcast. Cause you as listeners don't always get to, uh, learn behind the scenes, the different people on our team who make that happen. So um, at the end of today's show, if you listen to the very end, you're going to hear me chat with Ozzy Rodriguez. Ozzy works for Cypher Development. He's a co-owner of Cypher Development, um, which is a website developer and all things website company. See how articulate I was there about what Ozzy does. That's why you have to listen. I think that Ozzy's going to be better at talking about his own business, probably. <laughs> so stick around and you'll hear that. And we're just super thankful for Ozzy and Cypher. They have both bailed us out of some tech emergencies, yes. but then also proactively help us, um, helped us build out more than one website for our business in the past year, especially. So yeah, they're amazing. Stick around for that. Okay, yes, stick around for Ozzy. And just as a reminder, everybody, um, if you want to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, that's really helpful. We've actually found ourselves bumping up the ranks quite Mm -hmm. a bit on Apple Podcasts. And we're also getting a lot more listeners. So we don't know if the two things are related, which is the chicken, which is the egg, but we figure no matter what, can't hurt. So if you're able to do that, that is amazing. Thank you so much. And we're going to be back in just a few days with a brand new Tuesday episode. So we'll talk to you then. Well, hey, everyone. I'm here with Ozzy Rodriguez. Hey, Ozzy. Hi. You are on the mom hour right now, and I'm putting you in the hot seat all month long. We're kind of um, talking to different people who help make our show possible. And you are our resident in-house web developer. So I would love for you to, um, first of all, explain what that means to people. I like to use house analogies. So I always think of a web developer as like, I don't know, like the builder, the architect, and then a web designer's like the designer. I like, I think this is hard for people to understand who don't understand about building websites. So I'd love for you to share. Yeah. So like a web designer is, uh, yeah, kind of like the, kind of like the architect. They know how everything's supposed to look, but the developer actually has to build it. So you build out the websites. Um, so right. what is your day to day look like? What, what types of sites are you working on? I know you've done a lot of like e-commerce type thing. Is that correct? Yeah. So a lot of uh, e-commerce stuff, a few podcasts, some like uh, some boutique sites, you know, so like just for display, mm-hmm. um, you know, for people's like business, for consulting businesses, stuff like that. So all, all different kinds. I think those of us who just consume web content really have no idea what goes into building a site. And if you've ever had like a simple WordPress blog, I think sometimes WordPress made that so easy for us content creators but it sort of does people like you a disservice because like there is still major development going on behind the scenes that um, is really important. So I was going to share with the listeners that one thing you helped Megan and I do over the last year or so was separate out. We had at one point we had one website for um, Life Listened and the Mom Hour and a few other podcasts that we had sort of helped launch And it was all on one website. And so the process of splitting that out, and I won't get into technical details, but it was a lot of work for us and a lot of work for you. And we definitely could not have DIY'd that. So anybody out there who's ever tried to, you know, there is some web stuff you can DIY, but this was something we were so um, happy to pay some professionals to help (laughs) us take a website that really should have been five different websites and kind of separate it out. And then that allowed us to design and build the mom hour, its own website, which functions great now. 
So thank you. We're so grateful to you. Um, I would love for you to talk a little bit about what you've learned about podcast websites since starting um, working with us. And I know you've worked with a couple other podcasters, but there's some differences, right? In the way podcasts have to play nicely with podcast land, but also the websites have to work well as well. Yeah. So the differences between uh, like a standard website or even like an e-commerce site and then a podcasting website is uh, how the visitor consumes the content. Mm -hmm. Um, And so with a podcasting site, um, you want to make like the actual podcast, you know, for them to listen to um, as easily accessible as possible. And so that's where you drive, like you're always, when you build a site, you're always trying to make the way that, or whatever content that the visitor is trying to consume it, you're trying to make that as easy as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, And so with the podcast, having the podcast, you want it just to be like prevalent Mm -hmm. everywhere. You want to be able to uh, people to be able to get to whatever they want to, like you know, within a click or two. Yeah, um, is what you're trying to do. Yeah, and I know for us, many of our listeners and those of you listening right now, maybe visit our website like a few times a year to look for that link that they heard us talk about. But it's kind of a unique thing to build a site where most of the content is actually consumed not from the website, but through an RSS feed, through a podcast player. And yet the website has to be current. It has to have everything that everyone needs. It has to be searchable and all those things. But it's, I mean, and I've worked with other blogs and businesses where obviously you're, you're trying to drive as much traffic as possible to the site. And so much of our content is consumed without anyone ever visiting the site. So it's, it's a little bit of an interesting, right. Interesting thing. And so that's the thing, whenever they do come to the site you don't want to hide anything yeah like you, you're trying to it needs to be right there because they don't come to the site very often so when they do you want to make it as easy as possible. yeah and they're they're coming with prior knowledge of like mm-hmm. what they've heard on the show so it's yeah it's very it is very different for me as well I'm curious if someone is building a website um are you do you work in concert with a designer like the designer who makes things look pretty and chooses mm-hmm. the colors and the fonts and all of that um, if someone were coming to you with a brand new business or a brand new website, how does that work with you, um, you know, collaborating with a designer? Do you have designers you already work with or do they come with their own designer? We kind of DIY'd our design, but. Yeah. Um, so we uh, all, all different types of ways. So we've had, um, you know, we have some people that, you know, like, like yourselves, like you, Sarah, um, you had a design in mind um, and then you come with that. And so we work together and kind of bring that to life. Um, we have, we do have designers that we work with regularly. Um, if we, you know, if you have your own designer, like we, you know, we can take in their design, um, and talk, you know, discuss with them if they have a design, then we can build it out from that. Mm-hmm. Um, if they don't have a designer, um, if they don't have a designer and want something custom, um, like we have the ability to do that as well. Mm-hmm. So just basically whatever, uh. Yeah. So someone could come to you at any stage (laughs) of the process. Um, But yeah. So if someone had like a little bit of branding done, like a logo and a color scheme and a a few different iterations of some branding, you know, pieces, you can kind of do the rest, um, which is. Yeah, we can take it from there. Yeah. Yeah, Very cool. Um, Well, we're going to put our your information in the show notes, which is on our website that you built. Um, So if anybody needs uh, a web developer. I definitely would highly recommend you. And before we wrap up, um, you are also a dad. You're not a mom, but you're a parent. So yep. tell us how old are, how old are your kids? Remind me tween and teen. Um, is that right? Uh, yeah. So, uh, my son will be 17, uh, next month. Okay. And, uh, my daughter is 11 going on 35. Our daughter, I know we both have uh, sixth grade daughters because we've compared yep. notes on that before. So we're going into the holidays and most of our listeners have little kids. Um, are your kids still into, are they, do they still get into the holidays? How have things kind of, what do things look like now in this stage? Yeah. So my son, not for a while. Uh, my daughter, she's just finishing that up. Um, like she's in that stage now where we know there was a secret, um, but neither the the parents or her want to come out and say it. Right. Um, so we're still like feeling that out, I think, but it's still fun. Like she still plays along. Like, you know, she's making up a Christmas list and preserve the um, magic. A little yeah. Bit. <laughs> and do you guys so. travel at all for the holidays or you, you're in uh, Northern California, correct? Yeah. Sometimes we go to uh, like, we'll, we'll go to the snow, like we'll go to Tahoe, um, something like that. But yeah, we generally try to stay close to home. Uh, uh, my girlfriend has a lot of family okay. um, nearby. So. 
Well, and people's websites do break over the holidays, so I would imagine yeah. <laughs> that you've had some <laughs> some emergency uh, calls over the holidays, but we will try not to do that to you. Yeah, the cool thing is, um, like, you can bring your laptop anywhere. Yeah, yeah so. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I'm sure you could do it on the fly. Well, Ozzy, thank you for doing this, coming on the show, and thank you for everything you've done for our show and our website over the last year. And listeners, you can check out Cypher Development. Um, it's just cypherdevelopment.com, right, Ozzy? Yes, ma'am. All right, and I will link that up in the show notes. So thanks for being here. All right, thank you. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, I started a Substack last spring just kind of as an experiment and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom Hour listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's. M-E-A-G-A-N-Francis.substack.com. 